Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where we learn all about building resilience in ourselves and helping others build it too. We draw from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching to help you face change and adversity and do more than just survive. We want you to thrive. We are your hosts, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson, and we are certified life coaches and speech language pathologists. We will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and become the very best version of yourself, version 2.0. Let's get started. This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 37, 10, 10, 10, with your hosts, Heather Stables and Leah Davidson. 10, 10, 10, that must sound 10. intriguing to people. I know, yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. I'm inclined to say that as a speech pathologist, you know. That's right. I know. Tell me more. Well, we will jump right into it because I even have, I have to give a little bit of information before we even get started with our main topic today. I'm going to start off on a tangent. Normally I wait for my tangents to happen halfway through the podcast, but today I'm starting with one because we're going to talk about a book that I've read and I've integrated in my life for many, many years. And actually to be specific, it was in 2012. So nine years ago that I read this book. And I know that this because here's my tangent. I've written a family blog for over 10 years now. And I should talk about that in an episode actually, because it's been such an awesome resource for our family, especially since we're a blended family. And so it's kind of like our family history. And I started it because my grandmother and my cousin wrote this amazing book all about my grandmother's life. She had an incredible life. And shortly before she passed away at almost the age of 98, she said to me, after hearing some of my stories of the crazy drama that I was going through at that time that I needed to write and to share my adventures and to share my story. And she said, whatever, just write. So I did. And I first started a personal blog and I wrote about that. And then I decided to make a public blog that's called Raising Flowers and Skids. And I really do attribute the blog for a lot of things. And one of them has been me getting over myself, learning to not worry about what other people think. Of course, that's a work in progress. But I think that actually prepared me for the work that I do now is I do share a lot about myself as a lot of myself as an SLP and a coach. And I think my blog helped me get comfortable with that. So point being on that blog, which I blog much less now, I still do main things like birthdays and holidays and special occasions. But I used to do like a lot of musings, a lot of quotes of the week that we always did. I would share my thoughts about mothering and stepmothering. So there was some venting there, but there was a lot of sharing of thoughts. And I think of it as like a gift to my kids and my future grandkids. Maybe they won't care, but I loved my grandmother's book. It's a true treasure to me. So maybe they'll think that. And most importantly, it was a gift to me. And I love having all the moments captured to reflect on. So I also loved at the time writing about any great books that had really good ideas or concepts that resonated with me. So back in 2012, I found a book in a bookstore called 10, 10, 10 by Susie Welsh. It caught my eye for some reason, perhaps it intrigued me by what could it mean? And then there was a subheading that said a fast and powerful way to get unstuck in love at work and at home. And that sounded perfect for my quest to always share new material with my clients and new material for my own life. I bought it. I read it. I loved it. I shared it with everybody. I wrote about it on my blog. And that reminded me when I was reviewing my blog, I was like, I have to share the idea of 10, 10, 10 with everybody here. 
it is a concept that I have found effective. So today we'll talk about it. I'm going to do a lot more talking because it's a lot of personal examples that I'm going to share. I taught it to my kids back when they were really young. Our oldest was just becoming a teen and everyone else was younger, but we taught it to them. And still to this day, like even a couple of years ago, one of my kids had a particular challenge and I just asked him, have you done the 10, 10, 10? So anyhow, I hope that you enjoy the concept and let's get to the concept. <laughs> Everybody take a deep breath. We're now getting this together. <laughs> you know, I love that you turned 10, 10, 10 into a verb. Yes. That was like, it's like my favorite thing in the podcast. <laughs> We're going to 10, 10, 10 everything. And you are going to 10, 10, 10 everything after we talk about this on the episode. Yeah. So let's talk about the concept. It's very simple. So simple. In fact, after you read about the concept, you kind of wonder how she was going to write a whole book about it. And she explains in the first chapter, in a nutshell, it's a life tool to help you make decisions differently and proactively by deliberately considering their consequences in the immediate present, the near term, and the distant future. So in 10 minutes, 10 months, and 10 years, 10, 10, 10. Now the process is quite simple too. Every 10, 10, 10 process starts with a question, posing your own dilemma, your crisis or problem in the form of a query. So for example, should I quit my job? Should I end this relationship? Should I buy this house? Should I skip this meeting? Should I go to the party? Now she emphasizes the importance of having a defined question. So sometimes you need to really take some time to figure out what the real issue is. And of course we know that there's a lot of side issues and distractions that can make problems more messy. That's like our human brain, you know? Our human brain is so messy. We're all messy. <laughs> We're so messy. Okay, so after you come up with a question, the next thing you do is you start to collect data. So you can do this in your head or on paper. You can make charts and diagrams. You can talk it through with a friend or even out loud to yourself. But you need to be honest when you're doing it. What are my options? So what can I do? What can I say? What can I think? And then you need to look at, given my question, what are the consequences of each of my options in 10 minutes, in 10 months, in 10 years? Now, FYI, she points out there's nothing literal about each 10. Each 10 basically just represents immediate here and now, the short term and the longer term. Now, I personally added another 10 to just given my personal beliefs, the last 10 represents kind of like the longest term, the forever, the eternities. My personal belief is that relationships go on forever. Life continues as will our relationships. So the last 10 really represents for me that eternal perspective. So it's not necessary in every situation, but some of the more heavy duty ones that I've been questioning and had to make decisions on, I find it super helpful to have that last 10, which represents that eternal perspective, as I call it. Okay. So the last step number three is analysis. Take all the info that you've collected and compare it to your innermost values, your beliefs and goals, dreams and needs. And she suggests you pose yourself this great question. Knowing what I know now about all of my options and their consequences, which decision will best help me create a life of my own making? And the trick in this stage is that you have to have thought about your values, your beliefs and your needs. You need to have a good understanding of who you are and what you stand for. And if you don't, then this is the opportunity to figure it out. And there's a great appendix with questions at the end of the book that can help you dig a little deeper if that's something that you need guidance with. 
Figuring out your values is actually a really important thing to do for so many reasons. It's important that we do this in coaching with you too, helping you figure out what you want and what you value and how that aligns with the goals you have, how you spend your time and how you how you act. This helps you line up your priorities and then helps you learn what to say no to, what to say yes to, and then where to invest your time and how to make your choices and decisions. Anyhow, so if you've not spent time pondering what you value and believe, then it's so worthwhile to do so. And we would love, love, love to help you. So reach out. Now, interestingly, doing 10, 10, 10 can sometimes even help you figure out where your values are. And I'll share an example of how it clarified the priorities and relationships in my life later on. But let's get back to the procedure. By the time you've completed those steps, so you've asked the question, you've collected the data, and now the next step, you've analyzed the data. Now what you're going to do is you've got to figure out what the right decision is going to be. Now, of course, right decisions don't necessarily mean easy decisions. And sometimes it's a case where there's no clear right or wrong decision. And we know that because there's right and wrong in everything we do. But sometimes it's a case where both options aren't great or both options are great and you just have to choose the best one. However, at least you can rest assured that you've made the decision based on something and you can go back to your 10, 10, 10 to remind yourself why you chose what you chose. It can really help you stop ruminating about whether you made the best decision or not. And you can be comforted that you made the decision based on information and the options that you had at the time. So if you don't have to keep looking back and questioning yourself all the time, you've got this 10, 10, 10 to rely on. And if you do keep looking back, then it could be an indicator that the decision you've made does not line up with your values. So you're collecting information by doing this whole process all the time. It's always about awareness. And it can be kind of tricky because remember our old brain, our survival brain, that monkey brain does not like change. It wants to do all the things that are familiar. And so often it doesn't like making hard decisions that make us feel uneasy. So just be clear that some anxiety is not an indicator that you're making a wrong decision. It's just an indicator that your brain doesn't like change. Yeah, totally. And once you've made a decision, I really do think that the next step is to love your decision. Like don't waste a lot of your precious energy second guessing yourself. Make a decision, choose to love that decision. And it can also be helpful once you've done the process that you share it with others who may be impacted by your decision. It may help people understand where you're coming from. It shows that you're basing your decisions on something like your values, not just haphazard hope for the best kind of thing. And one of my favorite things about 10 10 10 is you get to tap into your wise future self. I love asking my future self what to do. I think of my future self as being in a good space and then I ask her what did she do to get there. So it's amazing how clear it can be when your future self is helping you make the decision and your future self is truly one of your wisest guides. So after explaining the whole process, the rest of the book provides different scenarios and examples of how 10-10-10 can be used. It was actually a great read and to see some of the struggles people have, often ones that we could relate to, and see how 10-10-10 helped. It was interesting to see how the same questions can lead to different results for different people or to different results to the same people just at different times. Yeah, and it was also interesting to see how sometimes asking one question really led to the discovery that it was not the right question. 
solution. The problem was really about something else altogether. Or it opened up people's eyes to different options that they didn't even think were available. And it certainly helped people think more in general about the consequences. Like you have the freedom to choose, but with every choice comes a consequence. So, you know, it's great to make decisions and choices, but if you're not thinking about the consequence, you can run into some trouble. So I think evaluating consequences helps you to be a bit more mindful as well as being more forward thinking. All right, let's get into some examples. A great one that she gives in the book is about two scenarios that she found herself in choosing between work and kids. Scenario number one, her boss asks her to stay late at work on an important project, but she had already promised her kids that she would come home to watch a movie with them. So she 10, 10, 10 it. Right there, that's her again, Heather. Thank you for the verb. So she thought she collected the data and did some analysis. So in 10 minutes, both would be annoyed. So this is important to note because when we're stressed, we tend to focus on the 10 minutes, the immediate, because that's what we're dealing with. But looking only at the 10 minute mark, you likely will feel stuck because like in this situation and many other situations is lose-lose. Then she looked at the 10 months. This was a pretty big project that she had at work. So she thought, okay, in 10 months, I may still be dealing with the work fallout if I don't get this project done. In 10 months, she's like, well, my kids would likely not even remember that I missed this one movie night. So, you know, that weighed her decision there. And then in 10 years, she was like, okay, neither would really likely matter. So she based her decision on the 10 month consequence and she decided to stay at work. Okay. In scenario number two, boss asked her to stay for an important project, but this time it was the day her son was supposed to move up with his karate belt to the next level. So she 10, 10, 10 it. 10 minutes, both annoyed, again, no win. Lots of stress, so she stayed in the media. 10 months, maybe the boss would remember and deal with the fallout. Her kid, likely, he'd remember that she had missed out on the event and that was really important to him. Okay, 10 years. The boss would likely not remember and there's a chance that her her kid would. So now it's an easy choice. She went to her son's karate class. That's right. And I love this example because it's basically very similar situations with dramatically different outcomes based on her asking the questions what the consequence would be. So I think it's such a powerful example. It doesn't automatically mean you're going to put one thing over another thing, it means that you you balance everything out. So I'm going to share with you a personal experience. It was actually captured on my blog. So the details are super easy to remember. That's why I can be so detailed because it, it happened a, a long time ago, but it shows how I use 10, 10, 10 in my own life. So everybody sit back, grab some popcorn, listen to story time with Leah. So this took place y- years ago. So it all started when my son, Zach had to go to the hospital and it was something that was pretty serious. And I was there with my husband, Rob and Zach's dad was there too. And at that time I had said to Rob that it was nice that we didn't have too much divorce drama to contend with because we were all able to wait together supporting Zach without the tension and the awkwardness. This is really a big drag for everybody. And I commented to Rob at the time, I dreaded the day that anything happened to one of his kids because of the unending divorce hostility that was ongoing with Rob and his ex and, and me and the whole family. So of course I jinxed it because a month later, my stepson was in the hospital. 
crazy timing. And it presented some drama, but it was really more of an internal struggle for me. So what had happened was Rob took Sam to the ER and I stayed home with the other kids, which was a totally natural thing for me to do. And I spent the evening with them. Now, later that night, Rob called to say that he's going to, he would have to stay overnight and the kids were all in bed and they could be left alone. So my natural instinct was, well, I'll go with you to hang out with you, to be with you at the hospital for a bit. But his ex was there as well. So I decided, I said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to pass. We don't have a good relationship at all. It was fluctuating between hostility and awkwardness at the time. Very tense between Rob and her, never mind adding me to the mix. So I decided I wasn't going to go. Now, when she left later that night, I went and I joined Sam and Rob and I stayed late into the night. At that time, we knew that they were going to be admitting Sam and Rob was staying with them, obviously. And it was it was kind of a big deal, you know, when your kid is in the hospital. And I knew that his ex would be right there back bright early in the morning. I also knew that if it were Zach or Josh, who are my boys, there was no question that I would be for the, there with them as much as possible. But so would their dad and so would Rob, unless he had to take care of the other kids. And remember, this is pre-COVID time, so parents were allowed. <laughs> but still, you know, when Josh was in the hospital just last year with an emergency appendectomy, I was there. That is something that I knew that if it were my boys, it would be no dilemma. But given the relationship with Rob's ex and both of us, I felt like it was a huge dilemma. Like, should I stay or should I go now? If I go, there will be trouble. And if I stay, it will be double. So honestly, thank you, Clash. I understand the song in a different way now. I wanted to be there for Rob. I didn't want to be there because of his ex. So I 10, 10, 10 it. Should I go to the hospital? the next day. Well, the first 10, it would be awkward. His ex would not want me there. She might be civil, but there probably would be a few comments and maybe there would be some aftermath with it. Rob would likely appreciate my support. However, he also would totally understand if I didn't want to go because of all the awkwardness. The next 10, 10 was 10 months. And I was like, well, whatever her issues were with me would likely still exist whether I went or not. And nothing would really change in the 10 months with Rob because he would understand it. And then I did the last 10, the 10 years. And that's when I realized, oh, wait a second. This has nothing to do with Rob or his ex. Nothing. This has to do with Sam. I was asking the wrong question. Should I go to the hospital for Sam? And when I looked at the longer term, the outcome was yes. So I backtracked all the other 10, 10, 10s. And I was like, in 10 minutes, he might not care. <laughs> He's being entertained. He's got his mom and his dad there. In 10 months, the relationship I had with Sam and the dynamics between everybody, he might actually question me. Like, where were you, Leah, in the hospital? Especially since I'm somebody who documents their life with like photos and everything. And then I create a photo book for them. So he might be like, how come Zach has pictures of when he was in the hospital and there's none of me? And then I thought in 10 years, I thought about the relationship that I wanted to have with him 10 years. I want to have a relationship with him completely independent from his parents. I want to be a stepmom with his own unique relationship. I wanted to be there for him, awkwardness and all, for the sake of Sam and me. And that was what my decision was. I decided I would be as respectful as possible. I would, you know, try to avoid any conflict, but I would work it 
so that I was there for Sam. And that's exactly what happened. I ended up going one evening. Sam's mom wasn't there. Rob was able to get a break. I spent that time with Sam. We actually got some great pictures. We have some really good memories about it. And I'm so glad that I 10-10-10-ed because in doing so, it really helped me align what my priorities were. And I realized that I was focusing on the wrong things. And I think that's the beauty of 10, 10, 10. It helps you clarify things. It helps you clarify what your priorities are in the immediate, the short term, and the long term. So that's a long story to share with you how 10, 10, 10 worked in my life. But it really was an important example for me that I've used often when I've had to make other decisions. I've thought back and, okay, is this the right question I'm even asking? And uh, to do 10, 10, 10 with these things. Okay, so in the book, she shares a ton of examples, and they are helpful as you may relate to some of them. So we're going to give you a few more. A woman used 101010 to help her resolve a, a difficult situation with an old friend. Lori and Sarah, let's call them, roomed together in college and soon after married men who got along so well that the couples came to spend many Saturday nights together. Eventually, however, Sarah divorced and remarried a man that Lori and her husband found unbearably sarcastic. A year of awkwardness ensued as Lori Lori made every kind of excuse to avoid get-togethers. When Sarah finally stopped calling, Lori wondered if it was time to let the relationship go. She turned to 10-10-10 to determine what to do next. Lori predicted that the 10-minute and 10-month consequences of ending the relationship would feel something like the death of a friend who had been very ill. There would be sorrow, but also a mitigating portion of relief. In 10 years, though, those feelings would be gone, replaced by regret. That was an outcome she couldn't accept. The only option then was to tell Sarah the truth and ask her to consider returning to the one-on-one friendship of their college days. She knew that the immediate consequences of that conversation could result in irreparable harm. No more friendship and an ugly wound too. But if they could survive one tough talk, Lori figured, they had decades of good times ahead of them. The conversation was not easy, but the friendship's history carried them through. Today, Lori says, we both feel grateful that we didn't lose it all. So 10-10-10 can be used in so many different ways. I think it can help tremendously with work-life balance, making decisions about your career and about your work, prioritizing your work, your relationships, your family. And it can also help you feel more confident in your decisions because you've put some thought and logic into it. You've tapped into your future wise self as well. So overall, I think it is a neat, quick, thoughtful and deliberate process that can help ensure that you're making choices and decisions that are in line with your values and in line with the kind of life that you want to lead. So I want you to try it out. (laughs) Now, every time you find yourself in a situation where there appears to be no solution that will make everyone happy, or if you're confused as to what to do, ask yourself three questions. What are the consequences of my decision in 10 minutes, in 10 months, and in 10 years? And if you want to go crazy, we give you full permission to do that too. 10 to the power of 10, the (laughs) long game. But the answers usually tell you what you need to know, not only to make the most reasoned move, but to feel like you have reasonably thought or pondered your choices. And it's, it's easier to explain your choices. Not that you need to, but sometimes you really do want to let them know that you're not taking the decision lightly. It certainly helps you to become more confident in your choices. Now, if you want to know more about how to 10, 10, 10 your life, check out her book uh, by Susie Welsh, 10, 10, 10. 
That's right. And if you want help doing the process, then you know where to come. We are here. Reach out to us. We would love to sit down with you and help you in your decision making. 10-10-10 is just one of the many tools that we use and that we teach and we help you in creating the life that you want. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you are interested in a little bit of weekly motivation, want to be kept in the know about upcoming free classes and resources, new podcast episodes, and other ways of working with us, please go subscribe to our weekly email. You can subscribe at www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. Again, that's www.hl-lifecoaching.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you again soon.